Hello. Hello, this is Reverend Don Lewis coming to you from Beautiful Witch School. And this is Elder Talk Radio. And tonight we will be discussing Yule. And if you have listened to Elder Talk Radio in the past, you will know uh, that uh, Corellian First Priestess, the Most Reverend Stephanie Neal, uh, First Elder, the Right Reverend Alyssa Maxson Kemp, and Paladin General, uh, Reverend Sir Ed Hubbard, and I, Reverend Don Lewis, each month, uh, each of us address the same issue from a different point of view. And the idea behind this, uh, as I explain every month, is that uh, we want to show that there is always a number of different ways to look at any given subject. Um, and what something means largely depends on how you're looking at it. It can, um, can have a very personal meaning, a very existential meaning. What it means to one person may differ from another. And yet, all of the speakers at um, Elder Talk Radio are not only members of the same tradition, but high-ranking members of that tradition. And the point of this is to say that you know, we are not cookie cutters. Concepts are complex, and that when you look at something, you'll come away with a certain understanding, but if you look at it again, you may find your understanding deepens. If you look at it from one side, you may find that you see something you did not see before. And that really is the spirit in which we do Elder Talk Radio, the idea that um, the idea that there are worlds within worlds, that any one idea can open many doors, not just one, and that our minds must be flexible, that we must be able to look at things in differing ways to see different points of view, because there's always more to be seen. No matter what it is, no matter how much you think you know it, there's always more to be seen. Uh, by having these several different personalities come to these different topics each month, Without speaking beforehand, each coming from their own uh, personal position, their own point of view, yet within the teachings of the tradition, uh, it really shows, in my opinion, that this is the case, that everything has many facets, and those facets, uh, all of them contribute to your understanding of the thing. Um, for example, this month we we're talking about Yule, and I'm sure that each of us who does an elder talk, and it's not always all four of us, but each of us who does it is going to come at it from probably a very different point of view. And yet, uh, we're all speaking from the same background and um, in harmony with one, another, with one another's ideas, we're just approaching it differently. So for me, I'm not sure what all I'm going to talk about um, within this brief broadcast uh, and the subject of Yule, the place that I think I would like to start um, is the fact that, of course, Yule celebrates the winter solstice. That is the shortest day of the year, the longest night of the year, the moment when um, the power of the sun reaches its lowest point and then begins to build again. And, of course, because we are one planet, 
when we're celebrating the winter hemisphere or the or the winter solstice in the northern hemisphere we're celebrating the summer solstice in the southern hemisphere and one of the things that i've done over the years when i've been doing radio ritual and and some other rituals as well is to celebrate these two sabbats that occur in the northern and the southern hemisphere and our opposites on the wheel of the year but simultaneous in this global sense because I feel that it sheds light on both of them when we do that when we celebrate both the winter solstice and the summer solstice in the same ceremony to look at them both at once we have to see what unites them and what separates them and uh, in doing this throughout the wheel of the year I found that each Sabbat took on a deeper meaning for me when thus combined and contrasted with its opposite number. For Yule, what I see when I look at both the winter solstice and the summer solstice is that they both represent a moment of change, a moment of um, furthest extension of the relevant power. For, For Yule, it is the furthest extension of the power of the night. It is the longest night. Uh, it is the greatest contraction of the power of the day and when the power of the night reaches that greatest extension when it's at its greatest height its greatest moment of perfection it changes and the cycle reverses and the light begins to grow again I think that this is a very important comment on the nature of existence itself and of course for the summer solstice it's the same principle in reverse the powers of the day have reached their greatest extension and will turn as the night begins to grow again in um, in our Yule ceremony um, we of course there are many Yule ceremonies but but one that I'm particularly fond of uh, makes use of this particular point in saying that you know when the flower has reached its greatest beauty when its scent is strongest it is already dying when the night is at its longest the Sun is about to be reborn when the day is at its longest the Sun is about to begin its decline whenever anything reaches its moment of greatest power its moment of greatest perfection its moment of greatest extension the cycle will turn and I think that we must consider this when we look at life when we look at history uh, if you look at each generation historically you will frequently see that this is exactly the energy that you will notice that the generation of the children will intentionally differentiate itself from the generation of the parent uh, that the energy will seem to move in the opposite direction in many cases that what the parents have brought forward to its greatest extension will then move backward in the generation of their children to the opposite extension uh, I think that uh, I think this is part of the normal character of existence it certainly describes the cycle of the seasons and when you look at the concept of yin and yang described in Taoism when uh, when either one has reached its greatest extension the cycle reverses and it turns back uh, in Greek this was described as protos and epistrophe um, 
the going forward and the coming back. And it is the idea that I think underlies much of our being that we strive to achieve something, but having achieved it, we cannot stand on it. We must change. Whenever we reach a plateau, we can stand for a moment on that plateau, but we must continue moving. Um, Our lives do not stop at one perfect moment. They continue to move. We continue to move in our incarnations. It is the nature of things. The year, when it reaches its longest night, must continue to move. It cannot stay in that place. Uh, When winter reaches its deepest point, we begin to move towards spring. And this is an opposite point of view to that put forward by the book Religions, which teach the idea that you reach a point of perfection and stay there forever. This is not a natural concept. This is not how things are. Existence is movement. Perfection is not stasis, but movement, ultimately. It is important, I think, for us as pagans to embrace the understanding that we are in an eternal dance. And that dance is not in a straight line. It is in a cycle. And that circle endlessly revolves, reaching milestones, but then moving on. And it turns back upon itself so that everything is seen from every vantage point, ultimately. And to me, that's what this um, ceremony under its surface is really about. It's about taking that moment to appreciate the longest night, but knowing that the next night will be shorter. Um, In midsummer, taking that moment to appreciate the longest day, but knowing the next day will be shorter. That we can only go to the point of furthest extension in any one direction and then must move back. We cannot always move in that one direction. Nor does our higher self desire to. Even though our lower self may say, well, this is quite nice. I want to stay here forever. It's not how it works. Um, Yule, being a winter festival, is connected with death and the afterlife. The figures associated with, with Yule, Santa Claus, Dead Morosh, um, Odin, all are associated with the afterlife and with magic and visions and dreams. And this is part of the season. But it's also part of what the ceremony is about. There is a movie that I'm particularly fond of, uh, also a play, I have to say, I have not seen the play. I've only seen the movie. Um, and I don't know that I would want to see the, the, the play because the movie had such a profound effect. The movie is called The Adding Machine, and it stars those immortal talents, Milo O'Shea and Phyllis Diller. I'm not sure that Phyllis Diller had any other starring roles. Uh, well, I think, I think she had one or two. But uh, The Adding Machine is the story of a man who finds that his life has um, 
been negatively impacted by technology and it drives him to a moment of madness in which he murders his wife and is subsequently executed. But all of this is a, pre a prequel to the real point of the film, which is what happens after his death. Now, I've always felt that the portrayal of the afterlife that we find in The Adding Machine is extremely profound and in keeping with everything I've always been taught uh, about the afterlife. And the way they portray the afterlife is as an amusement park of endless pleasures. And you can have or do anything you want to do. There's nothing to stop you and everything to encourage you. And the protagonist and, and um, his friend, who has also been executed, are wandering through this amusement park, seeing all the happy people playing. But they're miserable themselves because they're still obsessed with what was happening in their lives. And some of the other people, including some they know, point out that there is a beautiful music that per pervades this entire world that they are now in, but they cannot hear it. And the, um, the point of the music is that those people who... Um, who are at peace with themselves can hear it, and those who are not do not. And the saying is that only the most blessed remain. Anyone can, but only the blessed do. Tend to feel that there, there is a truth in this. But part of that truth is that it's not our nature to stand still. It's not our nature um, as incarnate beings to... Um, to, sim to simply bask in the sunlight. We have to work on ourselves. We have to do things. We have to build. We have to create. And we are driven to this. And that's part of the meaning of the, this ceremony. That's part of the meaning also of the summer solstice. That for those of us who are still part of the cycle of incarnation, and, you know, there may come a point, as in the movie, where the most blessed leave that cycle of incarnation. But while we're in it, we are in motion, and motion is absolutely vital to our purpose to being here, or we would not be in motion this way. Everything we see in this world is in motion. Everything is constantly developing. It never stays the same. We do not stay the same. The idea that we should stay the same, which is the idea of certain other religions, is one which we as pagans must reject. Rather, we are in a state of continual growth. Now, sometimes that state of growth leaves us off of our path in strange places, but I've always found that eventually those places turn out to have been very important. Uh, when I was a younger man, I would look back on certain events in my life and say, why did that happen? Um, I don't understand this. As I got older, I found that most of the byways I had taken had taught me something that I later needed to know. That's the character of incarnation itself, that even though we may not know why we are in a certain place, even though it may seem odd to us we've been pulled into that place, may not even seem that it's good to us that we're in that place, what we're taking away from that place will help us later. And um, that's part of this ceremony. Many of the other ceremonies of our Wheel of the Year 
are about moving forward in a certain direction. Um, Imbolc and Lamas are about beginning. Uh, Ostara and Mabon are about um, ha- having abundance of what you are doing. Beltane and Samhain are completions in their way. They're coming to a point of achievement, but the two solstices are specifically about transformative change, the moment when you change your cycle. And I don't think we very often look at that. I don't think we emphasize it as a rule, but I think it's a very important part of the, se- of the celebration and something we should uh, perhaps look at um, more often than we do. We tend to focus on everything else in the, um, the Yule celebrations, but if you look, you'll see this theme um, in many ways. If we look at um, the Saturnalia, for example, which has been one of the most important iterations of the midwinter ceremony, uh, you can see the inversion, the cycle, the change of the cycle very clearly because people change their role for the holiday. Um, if you look at, for example, uh, the, uh, the beloved uh, story of the Christmas carol from Dickens, it's about transformative change. Um, the figure of the Lord of Misrule, who has been uh, brought forward from Saturnalia, also about um, that moment of change, what I, what I often call the chaos moment, what we call the chaos moment. And for those who do not directly remember the idea of the chaos moment, it's the moment when all patterns are absent. And therefore, when patterns have been broken and therefore new patterns can be created, that is what this ceremony, that this sabbat is actually about. It's about the chaos moment, the moment when we have reached the fulfillment of one cycle and are about to start the next one. And in that moment, we can set that next cycle in any direction we really want it to go. So as you celebrate Yule this year, I would say look at what you want to do during the growing light half of the year. Ask yourself, what do you want the new pattern to bring me? And use this as an occasion to focus that. Or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and celebrating the summer solstice, what do you want the dark half of the year to bring you as it grows? As the cycle changes, allow yourself to change as well. Allow yourself to move into the direction you desire to be going. And if you're already going in that desire, um, that desired direction, focus on on going farther in it. Uh, But you'll find always, even when we seem to be moving forward in the same direction, there is always change. Change is the one constant of this world, and it is the great purpose of this world, change and growth. And to think that in our 
Raleigh tradition, we make a lot of emphasis on change and growth. And it, I think it is natural for people to resist change, to resist growth. But I also think it's our true nature to embrace it. And when we work with shadow work, very often what we find ourselves doing is releasing the past to embrace the changes of the present and future. And if we could only do that in the moment, if we could become more conscious of that, we'd have a lot less shadow work to do. So I think that I'm going to wrap up with these ideas and say again that this is the moment, Yule, of the longest night of the year. And after that longest night has passed, the days grow longer again. One cycle has completed itself, another one begins. And this is really true in this Sabbat, in this season, but also in every moment of our lives. Every moment is a chance to begin again. Every moment is a chance to retool what you're doing. Every moment is a moment in which you can break a pattern that is not serving you and create a new one. You know, there's an old saying that if you make your bed, you must lie in it, but that is not true. You can always remake your bed. And so my uh, my advice, again, for this Sabbat is to make sure you're going where you want to go and take this opportunity to fine-tune your path as you go forward. Know that there is always change and realize that change is good. And while change may not be the thing that you first think of when you think of the solstice, whether the summer solstice or the winter solstice, because we tend to think of the quality that is now at its height. But this really is the moment to observe the change from that height to a new direction. So with that, I want to thank you for listening. And I'm going to, um, to play a little something. I'm going to play uh, The Lord of Midwinter from Reverend Don's Omnibus of Incantations and Invocations for All Occasions, created by myself and Marianne Kay. And uh, I may, may actually play a couple of things from that as we uh, end our discussion. And I thank you for listening. And until next time, may you blessed be. Kerlunos, Seculos, Santa Claus, Lord of Midwinter, give us pause to think of you upon this night and contemplate our heart's delight. For you are the giver of gifts held dear, who rules the decline of the dying year when we look within and try to see our heart's secret and hidden mystery. Dreams and visions you inspire, revealing in the midnight hour what is hidden from the eyes of day and the conscious mind has shut away. Inspiration sparks, and our soul's small voice, which guides us and inspires our choice, if we can but still our mind and hear, of all gifts we hold this most dear. For in the still of the longest night, when the moon provides the only light, you too, old Lord, will look inside to see what your own soul may hide. And there, within, your own small spark will be rekindled and banish the dark 
as the reborn sun again ascends, and days grow long till winter ends. Clear and crisp is the Yule night air, and the stars of the heavens look down. The clarion light of the full moon shines on the glistening snow on the ground. The Yule log blazes in the hearth, and the Yule feast is well underway. Goodwill prevails over all hearts, and the spirit of peace holds sway. Spirit of peace, in the still of the night, we all feel you at times like this, when open hearts are filled with cheer and no part of our lives is amiss. So we praise you, Spirit of peace, for all the blessings you give, and ask you to help us remember all of the days that we live, that even in times of pain and strife, the spirit of peace is still there, if we but remember to look within for your help with the burdens we bear. The spirit of peace will smooth all roads, and she will make all things new. So, spirit of peace, we invoke you now, and offer the thanks you are due. Now comes the Yule the moment when the aged sons reborn again. All things renewed, all things made whole, the promise of spring and rebirth for the soul. The wheel of the year turns once again, and I most earnestly pray for a yuletide wish I cherish and wish for on this day. I concentrate upon my wish, imagine it clearly in my stride, aligning myself to the energies which regenerate at yuletide. For yule is the longest night, and the power of the sun's nadir. And the days will grow longer after as we move into the new year. And the old god now at his height will diminish and pass away, while the young god now reborn will very soon hold sway. And the earth will pass from winter as the power of the young god grows. So my wish will grow along with him, increasing as he does. And as winter must give way to spring, so too my wish will manifest, for I've tied it to the sun's rebirth, and by that rebirth shall it be blessed. So thanks I offer knowing my wish shall come to be, even as the sun's light grows, my wish will come to me.